Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in, to fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of the I Am Podcast. I am so excited because I feel like right now during the holidays, I know because you're telling me you're seeing a lot of advertisements and especially if you're on social media, if you're on Instagram often, you're seeing that people that you're following are doing ads. And a couple weeks ago, I did a story about ads and asked you guys, what kind of questions do you have? What bugs you about them? <laughs> what doesn't bug you about them? And your responses were just so eye-opening for me. And there's so much that goes on behind the scenes of the people that you're following and the work that they're doing with brands. So I wanted to have an open and candid conversation about that today. I'm really excited because joining me for this conversation is marketing guru who is also an influencer and a and a blogger named Jasmine Sweet. I've been following Jasmine Man, it's been a few years now. I first met her once I was uh when we were in Nashville and she's just she's incredible. So I'm so grateful that she's here today. Everyone, welcome Jasmine to the podcast. Hey guys, I am Jasmine Sweet, and I have known the amazing, incredible Ashley Lemieux, I think for about four or five years now, since she was in Nashville. Yeah, since you were in Nashville, and now you've gone on and done incredible things um, outside of Nashville, but we still love you here. (laughs) I know, I miss, I miss, I do miss Nashville, but that was a fun ride while, while we were there. Well, Jasmine, I really want to just get like hop right into things because I know that you have feelings about the the topic that we're having today and there's just so much that I feel like both of us can share with our experience in this influencer world. So let's, let's start from the beginning. Tell us what your background is and how you got started being an influencer online. Gotcha. Well, that's a very dense question. I know. (laughs) I know. And I'm like on a podcast with limited time. So, (laughs) but I actually have been in marketing for over 10 years now. I've worked in every industry possible from healthcare to higher education to the financial realm, to managing artists in the entertainment sector, to now doing marketing for a media company, the largest, iHeartRadio here in Nashville. And so I like to say, if I can do market marketing in straight-laced environments, I can do it anywhere. So through and through all of my experiences in the marketing world, you wouldn't believe it, but I actually went to school for broadcast journalism and I thought I wanted to be a news reporter. What deterred me from that path was the fact that I was always interested in other areas, you name it, from politics to sports to traveling and sharing life experiences. I was interested in doing so in a different capacity. So I knew that news reporting was not going to be the avenue for me when I was in college. I had done internships in branding. I did internships on (laughs) United States Capitol Hill. I had just a variety of experience in undergrad that kind of led me to a different path. So when I finished undergrad, I went into marketing and I started in the financial realm. I actually changed my portfolio, which is what you send out as a news reporter to get a job. You have a portfolio where you house all of your videos so you can show people your talents. And I basically changed that whole portfolio into my blog. And I started blogging. And this was back in 2011, 2010, 2011. So I've been at this for a very long time. 
obviously unpaid back then. And all of the experiences that I've had over the past 10, 10 plus years in marketing and taking those skills that I had from college, doing all the internships and also studying broadcast journalism led me to this career that I'm in now. So just so you guys know, I am a full-time marketing project manager for iHeartRadio. And then I'm also an influencer or blogger, what have you. And then I also still have clients that I do freelance marketing for. So I'm still very much so busy, still very much so collecting all the skill sets to do this job on a corporate level, but also do it on a creative level for my own brand and also drive results for individuals or entertainers within the industry. So I also like to tell people that I've gotten to see this on all fronts on multiple different levels from someone who's starting out to a company who's got bazillions of dollars to throw at it. And so my experience, my expertise in this field was driven all from just being in the water, in the trenches, waiting around and figuring this whole scenario out because that's what you got to do when when this is when you're trying to grow a brand. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I've gotten to experience it on all these different levels. So in short, that's the short of how I got to where I am. That's how I ended up in this new pond of influencer marketing. And yeah, I honed a skill set and then I called what I wanted into fruition and it's here now and we're, we're talking about it. <laughs> well, you're the queen instead of the jack of all trades. You are the queen of all trades and I... I didn't know a lot of that background, so that was really cool for me to hear. And I love that we're starting here, too, because here's something that I hear a lot about with the term influencer, and you maybe have heard this, too, is that I think a lot of times just because these online spaces, like you said, like you're uncovering, you're in this new pond figuring out what what works and, and what this looks like. And I feel like because influencers and that term is so new that it kind of has just become this umbrella word that's used for anyone online who has followers and makes money and a lot of times it can come with a negative connotation and what I hear a lot from people who knock down influencers is that they've they have had no experience to get there and they're making this money with just like out of luck and they're just doing this thing just because they caught a stroke of luck and got a lot of followers when in reality that's not true for a lot of people who have online platforms and hearing about how you've built yours I think is so empowering <laughs> for anyone who also wants to one build a platform and know that it's possible but two for those who have no interest in ever becoming an influencer, being able to see the amount of work that has gone in to creating what you have right now, that's, that's really cool. One of the reasons that I love following Jasmine is because of the insight that she brings to so many things and her professionalism on just, and you'll see, we're going to, we'll link her, her Instagram is linked in the show notes, so make sure you go see her and, and follow her, but everything you do is on such a professional scale because you've learned what works, like you've learned how to communicate, you, you are the marketing guru and that's just that's so cool like that's it's so cool to me so so you started in marketing you you thought you wanted to be a broadcast journalist which I did too so when you said that I was like oh we are we are soul sisters over here but what made you want to create an online space I don't necessarily think that I wanted to create an online space. Mm. And I think that goes back to your question of people calling into question the term influencer. Yeah. want to go over a couple of things. First of all, I have always been in positions of leadership where I have led things. So, I mean, I can even think all the way back to high school where I was the dance team captain or when I went to college, I was I was there on a leadership scholarship. I, I competed in Miss Memphis several times. I was active in organizations on campus. I was in the 
first Black sorority in the United States, which has thousands, if not millions at this point, of members. I've always been in a position of inclusiveness and togetherness with people, but also in positions where I was leading in these organizations that I was a part of. And so I think for me, my influence came just organically because within those groups, I was using skills Mm -hmm. um, and enacting who I was just as a person leading efforts within those organizations to the point where people were like, okay, she's doing X, Y, and Z. We're going with her. So it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily a, we are drafted to what's when we see someone who's like actually doing the work. Like if we see somebody, I lost 30 pounds doing X, Y, and Z, and we actually witness them doing X, Y, and Z, then we're going after whoever told us they lost 30 pounds doing X, Y, and Z. Or if somebody told us, well, we paid off all of our debt doing X, Y, and Z, and we witnessed the actions that they're proclaiming that they took, we're going after them. And so I think for me, it was kind of that same landscape. When I was in college doing all these internships, I mean, people saw that in me. So then, you know, I was voted for things like Miss U of M, Miss University of Memphis. I forget, we're talking to Ashley's broad audience. Um, (laughs) But I don't think I would have gotten those followings of people had I not been in the trenches doing the work and those people saw it so then they were inspired enough to get behind me so I wouldn't necessarily say that I like I was going after an online platform of people my demographic is Memphis Nashville those are the first two I live in Nashville I lived in Memphis for 10 years off and on. I went to the University of Memphis. My people have followed me everywhere I've gone. DC, New York, Atlanta, they all interchange. I also lived in DC. I think everywhere I've gone, I've actually been there. And when I tell people that I know a large amount of my audience, they're like, you do? I'm like, yeah, I went to University of Memphis, which has like, it's like 40, 50,000 people at that school. And you have to think about it, like all that I was doing there. And Alex and I, my husband is from Memphis. And you know, that's home for us as well. So, and then I came to Nashville and what did I do? Ashley, I jumped right into the city. So I met you and I met so many other people along the way too, who have also helped. And I think people forget that word of mouth is the truth. When Ashley says Jasmine's professional and she's saying that to her audience of thousands of people, then some of those people are like, oh, I'm actually seeing that professionalism that Ashley speaks of. So I'm going with her. Again, it's like, it's not necessarily about calling this audience because I think what influencers, what bothers me the most is in this online community, we see a lot of people who have gone under the term influencer, yet they aren't actually living up to what, living up to the truth of it. They're not showing us how they lost the 30 pounds. They're just posting that they lost the 30 pounds in one setting and saying, take this take this prescription and you're going to lose the 30 pounds too. And the reality is we're dealing with a consumer base that could be full of gullible people who are receiving false information. And, you know, we just saw that with even this past election and people were, you know, we're all like, what's real news here? (laughs) You know, because of situations like that. But it's, it's the same when you're talking about driving products and services that one might actually not believe in. So I think whenever we're talking about building audiences for ourselves, I don't want, listen, I tell people all the time, I am not getting up. I work a full-time job. I have a husband. We both have large families. I am not getting up on Saturday to go shoot content for a false audience. I'm just not going to do it for an audience that does not connect with me and believe in me and is going to say, oh, girl, you did that. I saw you getting up Monday, Wednesday and Friday, going to the gym with your husband and working out. I see how you lost the 30 pounds that you were talking about, or I see how you've achieved your health goals that you were talking about. It's about like people being able to actually see the results that you've been telling them about. That's why I go for long-term partnerships with brands. And my professionalism comes from that because when I get a brand deal, 
I want to produce highly high quality content all the way from the caption. I'm thinking about the consumer. I'm thinking about the brand. I'm thinking about where I fit in this scenario. And then I'm like, here is my full package which I learned when I was in school to be a broadcast journalist. What do you do? You put together a package because the package is being introduced to the audience on the five o'clock news. So I said, here's my full package for this collaboration. And it's meeting everybody's needs. My needs, it's meeting the the consumer base. It's also meeting the brand's needs. And then I'm saying, can we do this for six months? Because I don't want to tell people to take this multivitamin and I just got it in the mail last week. And so I think that that's a common and thing that brands need to work on because they're reaching out to influencers or or they're taking on brand deals with influencers and they're not exactly vetting who they're dealing with. And so I think it's something that they need to consider. The word influencer, I also feel like is something that we should we should talk more about because the average person that's that's messaging you, Ashley, and saying, well, these people didn't earn I they didn't earn their audience, they don't understand influencer marketing. It's not not like they're it's not to be malicious by no means it's just they don't understand influencer marketing influencer marketing is just another technical term that was used in corporate america to define a sector of marketing just like we have traditional marketing which is consistent of snail mail and so so on we also have email marketing i work in tech marketing where i'm working on an app you know, there's so many various levels of marketing. There's corporate communications, there's press, there's all sorts of different commun- ways of marketing. And influencer marketing is simply just one that we need to unpack. And brands are still figuring this out. So if brands that, that have billions of dollars are still figuring this out, the average consumer that doesn't <laughs> yeah. have e- even the resources or the knowledge to even understand it, they're also asking questions. And yes. Then the workforce of influencers is also being tainted, if you will, with people who are just jumping into the industry with the with the context of, oh, I want to build an online platform versus I want to build who I am and draft people to be included in my process. Okay. No, this is this is so. You just hit on so many points. I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, I need to circle back to that, that, that. This is so good. And then I just got lost in everything you're saying because I'm like, just just run this podcast and talk for the rest of the day because this is amazing. So something that you started with saying, though, that is such a good point of about how you built your audience. You built you've built your audience because you are organically you who you see online is who you are in real life and you're a leader and you're a positive force that people want to be like, what's Jasmine doing? How, how is she living her life that way? How can I learn from her? And so you've cultivated this audience because of who you are. And you brought up such a good point where with influencers, and here's where I like to use a different term. I like using the term thought leader, an online thought leader. Because with thought leaders, you have someone such as yourself who is doing the work and you're taking people along on that process. You, you are, and it's not a highlight, a highlight reel, right? I think a lot of times people get upset and put influencers in, in this negative connotation under this huge umbrella because, because people start comparing their lives to them because they're only seeing the highlights and they're not seeing the work that everything else is taking. And so then being an influencer feels like this far away, like not obtainable thing that people start comparing themselves to. With the online thought leader, which is a word that I just love, is you're learning, right? You, you're, you're going to that person, you're following them for new ideas, for, for new ways to view things, for new tips on on how to do X, Y, or Z. And then you're creating and cultivating an an audience and a community who trusts you. Then, as you start talking about with brand deals, as you start bringing in those brand deals, making sure that your audience is able to keep trusting you as you are also monetizing that community, the, the community of your influence is so important. But because it is so new, both to the brand and to 
the influencer, sometimes things happen. Sometimes the audience loses trust. Sometimes there are other people in the online space who do take advantage of of the money or of the opportunity and it's and it's not done with integrity and then it gives everything else a bad name. So I kind of now would love to hear when was the moment that you decided that you were going to start monetizing this online platform that you had and then how did you start securing brand deals that were organic to what it is that you believe in? Absolutely. So I first started when I came to Nashville and the blogger community here was always doing events and things to, things of that nature. So one of my good friends, KL, who's also a blogger in Nashville, said to me, girl, why are you not like monetizing this audience? Because when I first moved to Nashville five years ago, I was not monetizing my audience. I simply wanted to tell people the truth on subject matters that I was interested in. So, and I had an audience, just the people that have had come along with me along the way, but I wasn't monetizing. So when she said to me, like, you know, you could be making money off of this. I said to myself, you know, I actually could be making money off of this. Maybe I should start like trying to do this. I mean, I have all this marketing experience. So I knew that it was a possibility to make money off of it. I just had never done it for myself. And so when she said that to me, I decided to jump right on in and I started pitching over the past five years. I've refined my pitch to be even better. When I can you explain what that can you explain? Sorry, just to pause real quick. What does pitching yourself mean? Because I know a lot of people listening have no idea what that term what that term means because they've never done it before. Absolutely. So pitching is similar to an elevator pitch. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically you're showing somebody exactly who you are and why they should work with you. So whenever I pitch to a brand, I start with introducing myself. That's step one. Step two is going to be your interest in this brand. Why do you want to work with them? Step three is going to be sharing examples of what you've already done. It could be, and also sharing links to all of what whatever work that you'd like to share with them. Step four is going to be, thank you for considering my proposal or the opportunity to work with you. And then closing out the email and then sending the well wishes for them to return some good news back to you. And then you'll start your negotiation process whenever you get that correspondence back. So I think those are going to be your main points of action whenever you're pitching yourself. And you'll have those things together. You will also need to include your media kit in that, but you'll have those things together if you're doing the work. And so that's the first part. Like I would have, I would not have a media kit if I didn't already, if I had not already done the work. So even though I wasn't making money prior to this, like the first five or six years of blogging, I wasn't making any money. I had all these examples. I had written for Huffington Post. I had written for Forbes. I had written for Southern Weddings. I had countless writing samples and examples. I have been creating content on my own accord for free. So at this point, I was able to pitch myself and say, hey, I've built this audience. They are authentic people. Here's where most of them are from. They're from Memphis. Now I'm in Nashville. I've collected a crew in Nashville. Here's some examples of me speaking in public. Here's some writing samples. Here's my social media platforms. I'm so excited to work with this brand because I buy it off the shelf every time I go in Kroger. You know, I think it would be an awesome opportunity to share this product with my audience and that is how you pitch yourself you got to get enthusiastic about what you've got going on so that you can actually do what you got going on and then put it on paper what you got going on and then pitch it so that's how it works it's like that's what you do first and foremost so once I started pitching I started working with brands and in full transparency I just wanted to get a portfolio of brands underneath my belt. So I did take a lot of brand collaborations that weren't necessarily in line with my brand. And I feel like that's okay when you're starting out. I think you need to get the experience. You need to learn the lingo. You need to mess up a few times. I sent a couple of emails where I had addressed one brand and sent the email to the wrong brand. And, you know, I had to make make all these mistakes, these clerical mistakes 
mistakes along the way. And that's part of the process. So I had to do that. And then I remember one of my first influencer checks was a $75 check. And I proudly took $75 check. I turned that into a monthly collaboration that lasted for two years, making $75 with this one particular brand. And hey, it went towards my car note, my light bill, whatever was due, it went towards that. Meanwhile, I was still working a full-time job, still managing my clients. One of my clients is a Grammy award-winning artist and, you know, figuring out other streams of income, but also getting that experience so I could apply the techniques back to my business and building my brand. And that's going to be really key too, is continuing learning so that you can apply these things back to your brand. So that $75 brand deal per month that I got, I still have all the checks from that brand deal because I saved them and they are in a box in my office and I saved them. And now I got a check the other day that was a five figure check in the mail. And I said, thank you, baby G. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Listen, yes. like, I've come a long way from doing this as a passion project to putting my passion with the skill set that I that I had developed over the years together to get a $75 check to bring in multiple five figure checks. And I could quit my job today off of what I've made and all of my experiences, but I don't want to quit my job today, which we'll go into that a little later in the podcast. But that's just when I knew I have to give full credit to KL because she inspired me. That's another thing that I want to bring up in this community is that in this influencer community, when we get the questions of, well, she didn't deserve her audience or what did she or he do to get that audience, that's when we have to come to the rescue of each other as if we are colleagues working side by side in the same office. And that is also a part that we're missing within the influencer industry. We have bloggers and influencers who are very supportive, but then you have this small group of bloggers and influencers who will not come to the rescue of the collective. And it's like... This is why people think that we don't do anything but snap a photo and keep it moving because we're not collectively putting out a brand statement as influencers together. Because if you come for a corporate company, trust me, the lawyers, the marketing team, the corporate communications team, the presidents, the VPs, everybody in the C-suite, they've all come together for a statement that says, this is what our uh, business does. <laughs> so as influencers, I think that we could band together and support each other and say, yeah, girl, you should be charging more for this. I got paid X for that. You need to be charging more for that. Like we need to be finding that transparency and that encouragement that KL was willing to give me. And I don't know about you, Ashley, but I know I've come across some in this industry that are not so willing to do that. And so for me, I mean, I'm a strong personality. I'm a dominant situation over here. So I can, you know, walk away and still produce. But to somebody else, they'll walk away and be deterred from producing. And that's one less woman to uphold this industry of influencer marketing. So I'm like, sisterhood, we got to get it together. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about School of Hustle. You can hear real stories from entrepreneurs who are building the businesses of their dreams and learn strategies you can use to help your own business thrive in School of Hustle, a podcast by GoDaddy, hosted by Sarah Funk, a tour company owner, producer, and YouTube creator. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Something this year that's been so impactful for me is, uh, I don't know if you know who Color Me Courtney is or any of you listening, she's absolutely amazing. But she has been very transparent with me this year in, in helping me understand what my rate should be and if I'm getting taken advantage of and just all of these things. And I love that you just brought that up with within the influencer community. We're all running our own individual platforms, indi individual businesses. But collectively, if we were to come together and just support each other a little bit more, be more transparent about what we're being paid so that other people know what they should be getting paid. That's, that's so helpful. And something that you said too, was you were talking about, well, it, it triggered this thought because a lot of times people ask me, well, how do I, 
how do I be an influencer? How do I, how do I start? And, and you start, you were talking about how you were taking that $75 check and you let yourself make mistakes. And, and at first you just wanted to talk to your people and, and teach them about things that were important to you. And that's how you have an audience. And I, I think in this now is, as social media has exploded into what it is, and we see these people with tons of followers, we instantly think, oh, how do I get that amount of followers? And that's what we think. Instead of thinking, how can I bring value to people online? What do I have that can benefit other people? What is it that I want my platform to be so that I can connect with an audience? And and so whenever people ask me, well, how do I become an influencer? How do I gain an audience online? How do I make money? I always, always ask, well, what it what is it that you're wanting to help people achieve? Like, what is that thing? And are you doing it already? Like, are you using your online platform to, to, to help that person do X, Y, or Z? Because if not, that's, that's where you start. The money part doesn't come for a while. I, I spent the first several years not making a dime, which now I think too, there, there's so many influencers online, online thought leaders who worked for free for a very long time, especially because influencer marketing wasn't a thing yet. It took brands a, a while to figure out that they could pay people on Instagram to promote their product and that it would do well. And which is why now brands are still figuring it out. Like this is still very new. So a lot of us worked for free for a very long time. And now that we're making money, there are there are some people who are upset about that. And I kind of want to talk about that. If you're okay with that. <laughs> okay with it. Let's talk about it. Okay. So <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, as I said in the beginning, I was talking about brand deals, how they work, how it allows me to continue to do the work that I'm doing, especially this year in the pandemic. I'm an author and a speaker and we do in-person events. Well, you know what's not happening right now? In-person events, speaking engagements, book tours. Those things are do not exist. So for me to be able to pivot and work with larger brands on a bigger scale this year has been just such a blessing, right? But I also know that a lot of people are overwhelmed with the amount of ads that they're seeing online and they want them they don't want them anymore. So I I started talking about it on my stories especially because this holiday season this is when this is quarter four this is when brands are doing their holiday push they want to boost their sales and so a lot of a lot of influencers are promoting things even more than usual so 25 percent of my audience there were thousands of people who answered the little poll I did on my survey there were like 26,000 people who answered and 25 percent of them said that ads just bug the heck out of them like they just bug them, which I understand and I can appreciate and, and that's okay. But I asked why, because I wanted to know like, well, why, why does it bug you, right? And why I think it bugs them is because those people who are following online don't really know how it works, right? We're, we're all still figuring out how this works. So here's a couple things that they said and, and I want to hear your opinion on it. The first concern uh, that bugs people about ads, the main one was that a lot of times the person in the audience feels like the influencer's only talking about it because they're getting paid. And so they were wondering, well, what if the influencer doesn't actually like the product and they're only doing this to get paid? Which then brings it back to the integrity of the person that we're following. But I guess I'm going to ask that question to you first is is what if the influencer doesn't like the product? I think it's a very real possibility that the influencer doesn't like the product and doesn't use the product. I think, again, when you're following influencers that aren't authentic, because just like any job, there's bad people that work at every company and there are bad apples amongst the influencer group. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there aren't. And I know that a few bad apples can taint the full industry. But what I will say is a lot of times 
you, these people may be starting out and they may just be collecting brand deals just for the experience, which I don't think is a bad thing per se. But I do think too, a lot of times when people are overwhelmed with like spamming of ads and wondering if an influencer actually uses the product, it's because the influencer is not necessarily a creative. They don't know how to create the content in a way where it meets their consumer's needs, which is what I was explaining earlier whenever I was talking about how the product needs to meet my needs, but it also needs to be consumer driven, but it also needs to be brand approved. And so whenever you're posting content of, let's say you got some dishwashing liquid that you're posting content for, and you go out in a field and decide you want to post the post yourself with the bottle of dishwashing liquid, it is just not going to convey well. So let's say you have an in- inexperienced brand manager handling the collaboration who does not say to the influencer, now what about the field connects that to the dishwashing liquid, connects that to the audience, And what's your demographic? And, you know, how are you tying this together? There's nobody that's leading these efforts. And so, again, it goes back to finding good marketing ploys and strategies to make the content not look so inauthentic. I mean, there's nothing worse to me than seeing somebody do a skincare ad and they're like sitting out on the side of the road, posting it out, holding it out like this with a cute outfit on. The dotted lines do not connect. And so when we're talking about the influencer world in that respect, it is it's on the faults of a lot of people who why these ads are being conveyed to the point where they're not authentic. And they're annoying. You know, maybe the brand manager did not put together a good deck for them to follow so that they knew how to create the content. So then they just threw something together. Maybe there's a bunch of different things. Maybe the deadlines were too close and the influencer just went out there and shot it however she saw fit and turned it in real fast. Can we can we touch on that, too? Because I think that's really important. A lot of people, I don't think, understand how the deadlines work. Can you touch on that? Absolutely. I usually, I'll just give an example of a collaboration. I just turned in a collaboration today. It's a monthly partnership that I do, and I just turned in the collaboration for it. It was actually shot about two weeks ago, and... I, since it's a monthly collaboration, I usually, I usually post it on the 15th of the month. So I set that deadline for myself, but brands sometimes will reach out to you with fast deadlines and they'll say, we need it by, we need the content to be turned in round one, uh, we'll draft one to be turned in by Friday and it'll be Tuesday. And so you'll have to turn that content pretty fast. (laughs) If you don't have the capacity to turn the content by Friday, I think it's full transparency and, uh, and, you know, straight on to say, I can't do this. But I also think that's a skill set that a lot of people don't necessarily have because they're afraid to lose out on the money or they're afraid to, that's part of the negotiation process. So if I can't turn a deadline that fast, I'll just say I can't get it by that date. Sometimes if I have with this monthly partnership that I just turned in, I asked them when I submitted the content, I said, I switched it up a little this month. Instead of doing Instagram stories, I did an IG. TV video. Here's the video. The video is well produced. Let me just say that. It looks way better than any IG story set could ever look. In my contract with them, it says to do IG stories, but I knew proposing this IGTV video that is well produced and highly branded was going to be better off for them as a brand. And I also wanted to try something different. So I offered that up to them. And so now I have, they have until tomorrow to get back with me and let me know if they want to move forward with that. If not, I got to go reshoot it. But guess what today is today is december 8th and i'm not posting this content till december 15th so i have time one thing that i will tell anybody in this industry mm-hmm. is procrastination is the devil you cannot do this <laughs> You cannot do this at all if you are a procrastinator. There's no way I can work a full-time job. I got to cook, clean, and I got a husband. Oh, no, (laughs) ma'am. No. No. And and because I think think a lot of people, too, think, like, well, you're just taking a picture. There's so much 
more that goes into it. It's the creative. It's really, like you just touched on, it's figuring out how can I create a single image that is going to connect with my audience? How do I make this organic for me and for them and and do it in a creative way that serves all of our needs? It takes a lot of effort. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll say too, like, I think people think, see it as just posting or taking a picture because there are, again, there are a few bad apples in our group that do just go take a picture. But I can assure you this past Sunday, I shot collaborations for January, December and January. So on Sunday, I shot literally from 10 a.m. to 4, 4.30, 10 a.m. to 4.30. I shot about eight different outfits. I had, a let's see, about four or five different settings amongst the, the two places. I did. That's a long day. It's a long day. I didn't even eat until 5.30 p.m. on Sunday night. And then it's like I still have to. So I am my own. I edit my own photos because I, I like to have full control over that. I also I don't have a business manager. I do all of that myself. I don't have somebody that's doing any sort of special you know, graphics or anything for me, I do all of that myself too. And I still have a full-time job. Let me just remind you. So Sunday is like this day that I'm dedicating to that. I just got off the phone with my photographer earlier and she's going at it, going on vacation from the 19th through January 6th. And so I said, okay, well, we've got more to shoot. So we're meeting up this Saturday so we can get that done. And then we're meeting up the following week before she leaves to shoot the rest of that content and get those deadlines done. So again, it's not a walk in the park for some of us who take it seriously and want to connect genuinely with our audiences, but also be be committed to ourselves and our visions and also be on brand with the brands to create long-term partnerships. Because you don't get long-term partnerships if you're turning in some half cock some half cock foolishness yeah, i hate yeah. to put it that way but you don't they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna ask you for anything no 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 yeah, yeah. And let me just encourage you guys that like right now companies can't do the photo shoots that they want to do they can't do full-on sets and situations that they want to do so guess who's doing it the influencers who know how to create good content that's who's doing it so the content that i create can also turn into even more money for me because let's say for instance i'm getting paid for one instagram post a couple of instagram stories and a blog post Okay, those are three set and sound things that I'm getting paid for. But then the brand gets the content and they love the video that I did. And so they're like, can we buy this from you? Because we want to buy the usage rights to put this on our platform and promote it to thousands of people, which is also driving traffic back to your platform. And so I've made money even through the pandemic in that way, because people are like, can we buy these images? How much do you charge for these images? So when I thought that I was getting paid for an Instagram post, Instagram stories and a blog post, it turned out into quadruple that because I was now getting my, my content that I intensely prepared paid for. Somebody bought it. Somebody bought me. Whoa. <laughs> and and they do that because of, as we've been talking about, all of the work that you've put in up to this point to be prof to be professional, to create engaging content, to do that work so that they want to. It didn't just happen like you've put so much time into this. And and now the value that you bring to your audience and to the brand allows you to keep doing what you do and getting more work and having your audience be happy with that work too. That's really cool. That's something that you should, I hope you're proud of because <laughs> I know that we can, we work so hard to get to where we're at and then something like that can happen and we can like pass by it kind of, but then it's like, man, I used to work for $75 checks and now they're wanting more from me because I'm freaking awesome at what I'm doing. So good, good job. Okay. So so then my next question to you, or I would love to hear your thoughts on this, because the second thing that really drives people crazy that I heard from about from people who ads just bug them is that they say online, it seems like we're always being sold something. What would you say to that? I don't sell. 
I do not sell. So that that's first and foremost. I don't sell. I have told brands I am not a salesman. Companies have sales teams to do that. I am a marketer. I will market your product. I will create some. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. But I am not oh. a salesman. Listen, I I struggle with not speaking out about this even more, but I will in 2021. It's on and pop into this subject because it bothers <laughs> me so much that I re, I'll give you a prime example. Recently, I had a brand and they said, well, only 200. I worked with them one month. They said only 280 people click through on your link. And so <laughs> I said, OK, well, that's a lot of folks. And they said, well, only 12 of them actually signed up. And so I said, okay, well, considering your price is X, I still think that's a lot of folks. <laughs> and so it paid for the collaboration and some. So I'm like, I offered you, and let me just say, this is a one month term. So how many people do you think afterwards screenshotted that, saved it, went back to it, and even more, like from a marketing manager mind, that is bizarre that they didn't see past the value of 30 days. Because guess what? People get paid twice a month. The yeah. average person gets paid twice a month. And so when you're thinking in a consumer mindset as a brand or as a consumer, it's like, I, I don't need you to buy this $300 sweater. Listen, because guess what? If you can't, if you cannot budget that and make sense of it in your budget, I don't want you to buy the $300 sweater. Right. To me, as the influencer, I am not going to put that on somebody. What I tell brands is, well, I shared it. You got the brand awareness. People saved it. People screenshotted it. People shared it on their stuff. You also got some, some transactions from me, even though I'm not a salesman. You got the transactions. And so... You know, and it was a one-time collaboration with this particular brand, which is also, again, goes back to the industry not being on it because you can't expect somebody to sell something one time. Guess how many times it takes somebody to pass by something for them to be like, oh, okay, my budget is right this month. I can actually afford that this month. People, the average consumer doesn't have that money. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. They're losing their jobs. I am not going to push this on people. I don't want people to feel like they have to have X, Y, and Z to feel whole. You don't need X, Y, and Z to feel whole. You don't need it. So I tell brands, I'm not a salesman. I am not knocking down doors of my Instagram followers. Yeah. And say, hey, you need this lipstick. Yeah, I love that is such that is such a good word that you use. You're not a salesman, you're a marketer. And I feel like if we viewed everyone like that online who are seeing ad froms and ads from and we're like, they're not my salesperson. They're marketing this product. If if this is something that I need in my life right now, then I can get it. If not, that's okay. But I love that distinction that you just made because that changes that changes things. Okay. okay. I don't even create my content before you go on. I just want to say yeah, I don't yeah. even create my content from a sales type perspective. I don't knock anybody that does, but I don't create my content from a sales type perspective because I that's one thing I just I don't feel comfortable making people feel like they need to have X, Y and Z. I just don't. And there are things that I can do in my life that maybe aren't conducive to someone else's situation. So I don't ever want to be the one creating content that makes people feel like they have to be at a certain level to to attain these things. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um, okay. Another question I got a lot of, I can actually answer this one really quick. It's why do influencers post about the same ad at the same time? And that's something that bothers a lot of people. If Let's say one of the examples I got, um, I was doing this hair wand that I love. It makes your hair look wavy and I use it all the time. But a lot of influencers are posting about it at the same time. And what I, I think a lot of people don't know is that when you're hired from a brand, you really have no idea how big their campaign is. You don't know what their overall marketing budget is. So you don't know how many people they're bringing on that campaign and when everyone's posting you have no idea so when things are popping up 
a lot of times brands will want to make a big splash. And so they will hire several people at the same time to talk about a certain campaign or a new product that's launching or a new initiative. And so it's going to be seen more, but that's not something that influencers know. <laughs> I just say that it's important to know that influencers are small businesses. So imagine yeah. a brand reaching out to several small businesses and trying to coordinate dates and so on. So whenever the brand probably reached out to this influx of people that Ashley's talking about, they probably said, well, we want one big shebang where we're going to get the mass amount of people at this specific date. And it just it just helped to organize the campaign better to have everybody go at said date. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah. So, something else, too, too that, that I got a lot, lot of questions, questions about. about. And and for me, as you know, someone who's online and tries to be as transparent of, as possible, this is something that I'm trying to figure out how to best navigate. But Jasmine was talking about how you're given deadlines. Like, things are due at a certain time, and then you usually have a posting date that's set in advance. It could be a few days out. It could be a month out. I've had some that are two three, four months out, but that date is, you're under contract to post at that time. So something that I also hear is that people get really annoyed when an influencer or someone that they're following is doing a story and maybe it's a heartfelt story that day, or maybe they're just going throughout their day and sharing something. And then all of a sudden there's an ad and the ad just feels out of place and not in an appropriate time. And something that I have found is that it can be really hard sometimes to navigate that as someone who's contracted to work with brands where if you're trying to let someone into your life and you're navigating and processing through feelings in real time. So you're wanting to hop on a story and talk about something and then you remember that day that you have an ad that's been contracted that has to go up and it has to go up a lot of times that's what's happening there is that people have these influencers have these preset dates that they are contracted to post on and sometimes the timing of it can be a little off and that's something that I'm trying to work on too so okay my last final question for you first of all thank you so much for being so candid throughout all this I feel like we could have like five episodes <laughs> on this one topic maybe we need to follow up with everyone else's questions but my last my last question for you jasmine is i know there are people who are listening who they they want to monetize their platform they want to create a platform what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out i think if you're just starting out you should map it out so mm -hmm. you need to first of all hone which way you want to go with it. I like a lot of things. So my blog and social media are consistent with a lifestyle orientation. But let's say, for instance, if you want to be a cook or if you want to share more recipes and things of that nature, maybe your content or your focus should be things in that industry. So you need to be sharing recipes. Grandbaby Cakes, I love her page because that's how yeah, she yeah, Grand Baby Cakes. You guys should go follow her. But food is her focus. And she does throw in a post here and there about her life. But food is her focus. And she she shoots it on a variety of different levels, all the way from sharing her stuff on the Today Show down to posting a recipe that she did with her mom and her daughter in the kitchen. And I think you're going to find that once you set that first tone, that first layer, everything comes after that. So are you a fitness inspirational person? And what is it that you love to do? Because you need to first find that and hone that. So if it is working out and sharing stuff, then you can start sharing that. You can start sharing those workouts that you love to do. You can start sharing those recipes. If you're somebody who likes a little bit of everything, maybe you're in the, life the lifestyle category in which that's what I do and I share everything. If you're someone like Ashley who loves to share personal stories, but is also an author and a public speaker and and you want to share more in that arena, start going for it. But I think the thing to notate here is for someone like Ashley, it's not like she just got on and said, well, I'm just going to pop on here because that's a famous phrase. I'm just going to pop on here and I want to tell you what lipstick I'm wearing today. That's not what Ashley does. That is not what I do. 
What Ashley does is she gets on and she tells you what's going on in her life. And then she's like, but guess what? I've been using X, Y, and Z. I've been waking up and dancing to my favorite song. And guess what? That led me to start taking early showers in the morning. And I love Olay products when I'm taking these early showers in the morning. It has to make sense. But it'll start to make sense when you just start somewhere versus just saying, just following the (laughs) grain. I think a lot of people, I hate hearing influencer lingo. I know I'm probably going to get grilled for this one, but I don't care. I hate hearing influencer. because I can tell that it's rehearsed when I hear somebody say well I'm just gonna pop on here real quick to to show you this outfit I'm like honey like just just get off and let's just start all over because would you say that on an ordinary occasion so second point is the authenticity just get on there just get on there and be you because somebody needs to hear exactly from you. They don't need to hear that you popped on here because you saw it on 500,000 follower influencer. They need to hear from you. So I think once you once you hone those two, the rest of it will start to come. I do not suggest pitching to brands before you have something to offer them. If you just started an Instagram account and you've got photos of your cat and, you know, I don't know, a hot dog that you bought at the county fair is not going to (laughs) work it's not going to work it needs to start producing some some content that you see in ads that you see and on tv or start producing that level of content as close to it as you can because i know it's not going to be that level of content but as close to it as you can research what kind of cameras you need to get i mean the iphone works miracles (laughs) do some tutorials on learning what all your iphone can do my husband and i shoot with my iphone sometimes if need be and it does it does just as well i promise you you can't tell the difference it's all about the presentation and the editing that i put into it don't be afraid to invest in your business i think a lot of people think that they're only supposed to make money and that's a big one you're not just supposed to make money you're supposed to come from a place of fullness not scarcity you need to operate from fullness and you need to be willing to invest in the business so if you have to run ads to get your page up to you know to reach a certain amount of people at first do that if you've got to hire a photographer at least once a month and that's all you can afford in your budget, hire that photographer once a month, pack up all your stuff. I used to do it. I still do it. I shoot with them more than once a month now because my budget can't afford that. But at first, I used to meet my photographer once a month. I'd have like 15 outfits in the car. We'd shoot all that stuff in like two hours. When I tell you I was changing clothes like a cartoon character, I was. On the side of the road and everyone sees your chonies as you're trying to get the next outfit on. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I wasn't getting paid for it. If I was getting paid for it, it was a $75 check, maybe from one of the outfits. So I think it's also being willing to invest in the business, investing with your time and your money, and then also collaborating with others. So collaborating and with people who are also just starting out. I mean, the usage of hashtags is huge. If you look for, when I consult people, I tell them, start searching people under said hashtag like I have a friend who she's a bartender and she started doing online bartending classes and so I said well why don't you search the hashtags Houston bartender or Nashville bartender in these in cities where the hospitality industry is huge Vegas bartender and connect with those people and start sharing audiences with those people and so on and then you'll build from there but it's it's really about having a strategy and I know I just said so much I would recap but I don't even remember what all I just gave to you because I have so much to give in this subject matter that, you know, I could go on and on and on for days. In 2019, I hosted two social media master classes. One was sold out in Nashville, and then I went down to Atlanta, and that one was almost sold out. And I said I was going to do more in 2020, but I'm hanging on in 2020. So stay tuned for 2021. I might be able to help you out. <laughs> Where can they? You have, as you've heard, she Jasmine has so much knowledge to give. Thank you so much for taking the time to share everything you shared today. Where can people come find you online? 
people can find me at jasminesweet.blog. You can find me on Instagram at Jasmine Katrina. Katrina is my middle name. Sweet is my real last name. It's so funny because I, whenever I book brand collaborations, they always say, can you please send over your <laughs> official last name? And I say, it's Jasmine Sweet. <laughs> that's my name yes oh i love it <laughs> but no one believes me so i'm like you know it's jasmine sweet like something you eat <laughs> I, I tried to get my instagram name some random bot has my instagram name oh so. man i feel you i feel you mine i had to put my middle initial in because lemieux was taken so now people think my last name's clemieux because it's ashley k lemieux anyways I feel you, but <laughs> everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. Go follow Jasmine everywhere that she can be found online is linked in the show notes and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I am podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley K. Lemieux so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.